0: League Championship. that have beaten the Padres four to three, and they celebrate on their home turf as the Phillies of the 2022 NL champs. From WHYY and Billy Penn, it is hitting season. Hey everybody, I'm John Stolnas from the Good Fight and Billy Penn. Phillies 10, Braves 2, the hidden Shoes were on in Game 3 of the National League Division Series, and I'm here to recap it for you and uh, talk about this game that a lot of us were nervous about heading into the game, and by the end of the game, Citizens Bank Park was filled with 45,000-plus partiers watching the Phillies rip the hearts out of the Atlanta Braves. And... Get them to within one win of going back to the National League Championship Series for the second year in a row. And of course, this game three will be remembered forever as the Bryce Harper attaboy game last year's game three was the bat spike game the Reese Hoskins bat spike game this year it's the Bryce Harper attaboy game and I tell you man this team every time they really even even when they lose a playoff series they have this they have a a, one memorable moment that you take away from that you take away from these different games and obviously in game three the main storyline Bryce Harper getting revenge I guess for what Orlando Arcea Said in the in the locker room after the Braves uh, game two win where they doubled Bryce Harper off of first base for the last out of the game where he was ridiculing Harper in the clubhouse with his teammates, ha ha, boy Harper. You know, that got out over the last 48 hours leading up to the game and uh, obviously became quite a big talking point after Bryce Harper slugged two home runs, including the game-changing three-run home run in the bottom of the third to put the Phillies up four to one. And once again, Bryce Harper showing Philadelphia that he is perhaps the greatest free agent signing in Philadelphia sports history. I will say, as we get into this game, as we talk a little bit more about game three and really this whole division series, and you can even look back the wild card series in the regular season, so much of this 2023 season is mirroring 2022 really the biggest difference was the fact that the 2023 phillies were pretty consistently decent in september whereas 2022 there was quite a stumble before the very end but the wild card series the phillies won the first two games they were at home here in um in 2023 last year they were on the road in st louis but swept the wild card round they get the atlanta braves again in the division series they win game one on the road they lose game two on the road they come back here for an all-important game three and just like last year the Phillies bats bludgeoned the Braves to death in game three and now Atlanta this 104 win behemoth with the best offense perhaps in baseball history is now just one loss away from going home early to for a second season in a row at the hands of these Phillies and again the crowd the crowd was insane. Now, um, as some of you may know, myself and Justin and Liz, we were all out at Citizens Bank Park uh, before the game uh, meeting a lot of you. And... Um I know, thank everybody who came by the WHYY Billy Penn tent um, to, to, to meet us and, and talk about the game. Uh, thanks so much for, for stopping by, and um, it was really a pleasure to, to, to meet a lot of you. I got to meet Ellen Adair for the first time. She's been a guest on the show uh, a bunch of different times and her husband, Eric. Um, so it was great to meet them. Finally, face-to-face and uh, a few other members, uh, Shelby and uh, uh, some of the other folks uh, that have been longtime listeners. It was really great to meet all you guys, and it was great to get a sense of, of how the fans We're feeling going into that game. And I know, like me, a lot of the folks I talk to, a lot of you on Twitter, nervous. Nervous about this game. I mean, we had every reason to worry that we awoke a sleeping giant. But what we failed to realize is that we are essentially replaying 2022. (laughs) We didn't realize that the 2023 playoffs were going to be exactly like the 2022 playoffs, at least here in Game 3. Just the similarities... Are really really strange. I mean, if you go back to game um, to game one. Uh, where you had um, uh, what was the uh, the Spencer Strider overthrow on the wild pitch and then Bryson Stott um, gets the, uh, the first RBI single uh, off of Strider in that, in that game one, just like he did in, in game three of the NLDS a couple of se- uh, the, the previous season. And, that, and now here in this game three, it wasn't Spencer Strider starting this game three. It was Bryce Elder, but um, just like last year, the Phillies went six up, six down, in the first two innings last year against Spencer Strider and then erupted for that six run third that of course was punctuated by the Reese Hoskins three run home run with the bat spike that we all remember legendary moment in Phillies history and of course Bryce Harper um, hit a home run after that Philly scored six runs in that third inning Phillies score six runs in this third inning six up six down in the first two innings Bryce Elder looking really really good and then the Phillies started chipping away and um, And of course, it was it was all led by by Bryce Harper. And in game three of last year, we had the bat spike this game three. We have the stare down. And of course, there is this still photograph of Bryce Harper as he's rounding second base, looking at shortstop Orlando Arcia, staring him down as he rounds second. And then he did it again in the fifth inning when he hit his solo shot to center field as he gets to second base makes it a point to let make sure everybody in the fan in the stands know and everybody watching on TV know I'm staring this guy down because of what Arcia said in the clubhouse And that is is what Arcia said insulting it's not. But athletes are going to use these little things to try and get themselves worked up. And I know Rob Thompson said before the game that Harper doesn't need anything to get himself any motivated for any game. And while that may be true. I think it's pretty clear that he felt a little bit insulted and, and Harper's taken some heat for his decision-making uh, running the bases at the end of game two and getting doubled off of first base. So he came out here in this game and he seemed pretty focused on doing some damage. And uh, he came up in that third inning after Nick Castellanos leads off the third inning with a huge home run. Remember the Braves went ahead one, nothing in the top of the third, but Nick Castellanos wastes no time grabbing the momentum back by hitting a leadoff score solo home run against Bryce Elder and that got the crowd into it. And I would really wonder if that isn't what started Bryce Elder's mental descent, uh, because he lost it after that. He went burnt hooting on us. Um, he wasn't walking to everybody, but, uh, he just, he lost his effectiveness And the Phillies. The second time through the order really started to see him well. Uh, but Nick Castellanos hits the home run. Brandon Marsh gets on uh, with a single, and then, you know, there's a couple of outs bunched in there, but Trey Turner hits an infield single to put runners on first and third with two out, and then Bryce Harper gets... A hanging slider or hanging curveball, I don't know what it was, but it was a meatball, like 82 miles an hour, right over the middle of the plate. And that man put that ball into a place in the second deck that we haven't seen many balls hit that hard. By the way, did you notice the two guys standing on the very tippy-top roof of Citizens Bank Park? I'd love to know what those guys were doing. Whether they had to be employees of the facility or the Phillies or... Police officers or something, but that was that was definitely a little bit odd to see, like way up on top of the stadium. You have these two guys standing up there, as you see Bryce Bryce Harper's ball majestically sail uh, into the second deck in in right field. And so, uh, what a what a momentum killing moment for the Braves there, as it just completely sucked the life out of them. And the stadiums, the, the, that stadium when it's full of fans like that in the playoffs. It's its own living, breathing entity. Like, it's not a building. It becomes a living force. And it's powered by every one of you who are in there, screaming your heads off, making life absolutely miserable for every Atlanta Brave on the field, and making life wonderful for every Philadelphia Philly standing on the field. And coming into the game, we were worried. Momentum versus home field advantage. What, what matters more? A lot of times in the postseason, people are talking about how much momentum matters, you know, but I, as I said on the previous podcast, I think these Phillies are immune to negative momentum. And that's what Nick Castellanos was saying after game two. You know, we get punched in the face and, and we just, we bounce right back. And that's exactly what they did in this game three. I was nervous. I, I was, I was 18 different kinds of nervous uh, heading into, heading into this game. Um, I really was worried that we poked the bear, that we woke up the Braves, we woke up this historic offense. Um, But it turns out that momentum is only as good as the following day's starting pitcher. That's an old baseball axiom. And it rings true because the, the Braves had Bryce Elder, who coming into this game since July 4th, had an ERA of, let me find it here, 5.75, which was third highest in the National League. And it took the Braves a good long while for them to name Bryce Elder as their starting pitcher. They weren't sure if they were going to go with Elder, if they were going to go with this 20-year-old rookie, or if they were just going to go with a bullpen game. Meanwhile, the Phillies were going with Aaron Nola. And we're going to talk about Aaron Nola in a second because he's he's getting kind of... Uh, his importance is getting buried a little bit amongst all the Bryce Harper stuff and all the home runs that were hit, but his outing was phenomenal. And certainly when the offense puts up that kind of production uh, against the Atlanta Braves, it's a little bit easier to just kind of be in the strike zone, but uh, Aaron Nola continued to to twirl, but I did want to come back and, and just double back on this Harper stuff for just a minute, because it turns out all you need to do to kill momentum is to have the advantage in the pitching matchup and to have, and to tick off Bryce Harper, like just, if you wanted your team to maintain momentum, don't don't say anything. Whether you thought a reporter in the clubhouse should have repeated it outside the clubhouse or not, be smart. You just not you're not gonna find Phillies players popping off like that about their opponents. You're just not, because they're smarter than that. They're savvier enough than that. It's not a reporter's job to keep your secrets. Certainly, if a player leaks it, that's a problem. But if you don't want it reported, if you don't want it to get out there in this technological age, Orlando Arcia, then you shouldn't say it. Or and if you're gonna say it, own it. Own it and say, yeah, I was I was yucking him up and he got me tonight. Good for him. We got another game to play. Let's go get him tomorrow night. But the postgame comments from Arcia and Travis Darno, just they look so they like sad little puppy dogs who had their had their bone taken away because they dug under the fence and they were bad. Travis Darno going on about you know what's supposed to stay inside. The thought what stayed inside the clubhouse, stays inside the club. That's for your players and your coaches, not the media. They they're not tasked with, with 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 maintaining your secrets. Now, certainly for a member of the media if that happens, the players might choose to punish you for that. They might choose not to want to speak to you. There's certain things that players have to do with the media and you may not be able to get away, but you're, you're certainly, there's a chance you might damage your relationship. But before the game, Braves fans were talking about how all that comment was, that was made up. It wasn't actually, you Marcia know, didn't actually say that. And then after the game, Arcia copped to it. He, he said through a Spanish translator that he did say it and that it wasn't meant to be heard by Bryce Harper. But here's the thing. And as a, as a former radio guy and, when you have a live mic and you're on and you could be on the air, anytime you're around a microphone, you don't swear. You don't swear. And this is back, you know, in the in the good old radio days when you couldn't swear on the air on like a podcast where you can say wherever you want. But you train yourself not to say anything inappropriate or swear words around a microphone because you never know when it could be open and you never know when you might accidentally be on the air. So you just train yourself not to do that. It's the same thing when you're in a clubhouse. If you, if you lose control of yourself and you spout off and you say something stupid, there's a real good chance it's going to get out. And so that's what this game three will be remembered for. It'll be remembered for Orlando Arcea's mocking of Harper getting doubled off in, in game two, and then Bryce Harper coming back and hitting two home runs here in game three. And that, that first home run was such a majestic monstrous blast. Harper just stood at the plate and watched it go. I don't think he started towards first base until it landed. It was just, it was absolutely beautiful. And then he had that solo shot in the bottom of the fifth to make it seven to one. And that's when it just started to become feel good time. And I tell you, even when, even when the Braves like got that second run, I'm like, well, if they hit like a three-run home run, then all of a sudden they're down by two or three. And then it just takes another two or three run home run. And, and now we're right back in it. And so that panic with the Braves never leaves. You can you can never have enough runs. I I'll bet you there were some of you out there who were thinking, hey, save some of these home runs for tomorrow. Save some of these runs for tomorrow. Not against Atlanta. Not normally I'm normally I understand that line of thinking. Against the Braves, you score. You don't worry about leaving runs because that's not something you can do anyway. But you're going to struggle to score runs against Spencer Strider in game four regardless. So score all the runs you can now in game three. Have fun. Light it up. And Bryce Harper joined Lenny Dykstra, Ryan Howard, and Chase Utley as the only left-handed hitters in Phillies history to have a multi-home run game in the playoffs. Of course, Lenny did his in a losing effort in game four of the 93 World Series. Ryan Howard did his in game four of the 2008 World Series. And then Chase Utley, of course, had five home runs in the 2009 World Series. Two of them in game one and two of them in game five. Both wins. For the Phillies, and one of the things I remember when Bryce Harper first signed with the Phillies that was intriguing and enticing was when Bryce Harper was with the Nationals, he always hit the Braves really, really well. That has continued in a Phillies uniform, specifically in the playoffs. Listen to this. Listen to these numbers. Bryce Harper against the Braves here in these last two postseasons. So now we're we're talking about uh, four, five, six, seven games total. 24 plate appearances. He's reached base 17 times in those 24 plate appearances. He's 12 for 24. He's hitting 500 against Braves pitching in the last two postseasons with five walks, three home runs, and nine RBIs. And so far in his playoff career as a Philly, Bryce Harper is hitting 351 with a 443 on base percentage and a 753 slugging percentage. In 88 plate appearances, he has eight home runs, seven doubles, and 17 RBIs in his postseason career with the Phillies. Bryce Harper after the game, too. If you haven't seen the quotes, just talking about how much he loves playing in Philadelphia. He has said it before. He's He'll continue to say it, but I really do believe that it's genuine, that this this is the best red light player I've ever seen in a Philadelphia uniform. There, Lenny Dykstra was the Phillies' probably previous best red light player, but we only really all see, only saw him in, in you know one season. We've seen Bryce Harper now do this two years in a row, and it never ceases to amaze what he's able to do in the big moments, how he raises his level of play in these big clutch moments, whether it's in the regular season or in the playoffs. He seems to find a way. To get the big hit, to have the big moment. In game two, he he had a couple of big opportunities to, to knock in run-scoring hits and he failed to do so. Normally you don't have extended periods like that with Bryce. Bryce will have a game like that where, where that happens, where he's unproductive with runners in scoring position, and then he'll have a game like tonight, where he mixed in the fuel of Orlando Arcia and his slight. And whether it really upset Bryce Harper or not, I don't know. I think Bryce Harper likes to play games on the field. I think he likes to get in people's heads, and I think he stared at Arcia just to kind of intimidate him a little bit and get in his head a little bit. You, you, Players are always playing mind games with each other. And I think that's what Bryce Harper is doing a little bit here at this game, too. Having some fun, playing some mind games. He's a showman, right? He likes the theatrics of the moment. That's one of the reasons he's a great red light player is because he likes to do these kinds of things. He likes for this narrative to be out there. He likes to be asked about it in the post game and then to kind of give a cryptic answer. But he admitted, he's like, "Yeah, I stared at him." <laughs> he said that after the game. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I stared at him. Because he he knows what he's doing. This is it's not an accident. He's just such a treasure. He's such a special guy and we are lucky to have him in a Phillies uniform. It really is just tremendous. He gave us another moment. Again, these mo- we're just collecting these moments like Stamps and coins and cards and, and you just all these moments the Phillies are giving us here in these last two seasons. And I really hope, you know, we'll have, we have will we certainly have at least one more game uh, to get some more moments and then hopefully more after that. Uh, in all, the Phillies hit six home runs here in game three that ties a postseason record with the 2015 Cubs in game three of the National League Division Series against the Cardinals. So the Phillies, six home runs, the most tied for the most ever in a playoff game, which is pretty awesome. I mentioned Nick Castellanos a minute ago. I don't want to bury also Nick Castellanos leadoff home run in the third because that was a huge moment when Atlanta scored in the top of the third they take that one nothing lead and then Nola gets out of any further damage. There's still that nervousness going around because you're six up six down to Bryce Elder Elder was an all star through the first half of the season. So you wonder he has this long layoff. Maybe he comes back fresh. He's really making the Phillies hitters look bad. The Atlanta offense, did you, did they wake them up in game two? Now they're off to a 1-0 lead here in game three. It's still nervous time. And then Nick Castellanos, again, who said, who talked about, you know, getting punched in the face and you know, that's okay. The Phillies like to, when the Phillies get punched in the face, they punch right back. He punched back. He punched back in the bottom of the third inning and got that third inning going with that solo home run, a monster shot off of Bryce Elder. That's his third home run of the season. He had two home runs in the regular season off of Bryce Elder. He obviously sees the ball very well against this young kid. Uh, and Castellanos took him deep into the seats in left field for a no doubt about her uh, with his son Liam sitting in the stands. Uh, the great story about Liam, he's been in Florida in school over the course of the last month once September started, but he was with the team throughout the entire month of August. And everybody had a blast, it seems, with Liam there. You remember at the, at the Michael Lorenzo no-hitter? He, he was up celebrating with his family and stuff. Like, he was ubiquitous. He was everywhere. And I, it, I I think it means a lot. And Nick said after the game, it does. It means a lot to him. It's really hard for him, for his son to be in Florida and for him to be in Philadelphia and only getting able to hear about his baseball games and his jujitsu classes and everything else through phone conversations. And it I think Nick plays better. When his son is in town, um, we can't make it. We can't make him here, be here all the time. If we could make Liam be here all the time, we would to help his dad play better. Plus, it just seems like everybody loves the kid. Uh, he's gonna be a future mayor of Philadelphia, so you know we, he has that going for him. But um, he was in he he was in the stands today as his dad had a multi home run game as well, uh, and hit that that lead off home run in the third inning. That was just such a huge home run. Uh, Castellanos would hit another later in the game, just the fourth time that a team has had multiple players with a multi-home run game in postseason history. Uh, Joining the 2021 Dodgers, A.J. Pollock and Chris Taylor did it. The 2020 Padres with Will Myers and Fernando Tatis Jr. And then two guys you might have heard of with the 1932 Yankees, Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth. Um, Two other home runs hit Trey Turner and Brandon Marsh added solo home runs in this game. But uh, we also should point out JT rail Muto piling on in that third inning, turning that four run inning into a six run inning uh, with a clutch two out two run double to make it six to one. And that's when you knew because four to one. Yes, the momentum swing of that Harper home run means everything. But four to one is a three run lead. You know, the Philly Phillies blew a four nothing lead the game before you wanted more, right? You wanted them to get greedy and they did tonight. They got greedy. They used the long ball at Citizens Bank Park. You get that clutch double. Who from JT Realmuto, a guy who had struggled all season long with runners in scoring position and who had struggled to hit at Citizens Bank Park. He had started to turn that around at the end of September and he's had a really good series here against the Atlanta Braves. Of course, the two-run home run in the losing effort in game 2 and a big two-run double here in game 3 that made the score 6-1 and that's when you started to realize maybe this game isn't going to be as hard as we thought it was. And And at the end of the day, it turned into a party. And after the game, Nick Castellanos said, I think that the way game two ended in Atlanta was perfect because I think that jolt of emotion and seeing them really celebrate kind of set the tone for this game. And then he went on to say, you know, rather than, let's say, if Bryce would have gotten back to first base and we would have worked it and we would have just lost in a normal way, having that exclamation point on the loss, I think, was perfect for our group of guys. So he's saying that Bryce getting doubled off of first and and watching the Braves celebrate the way they did actually helped to jolt the Phillies to be more ready for for game three. Maybe there's something to that. That kind of makes a weird sense. But I, I kind of understand what Nick Castellanos is saying there. You could just chalk up like a, it would be kind of like a humdrum zombie like loss if Bryce Harper gets back and you can be really demoralized. But, you know, when when he got doubled off of first base and the game ended in that fashion, it does kind of even in a losing effort, it would give you a jolt because that's a that's a baseball moment right there. And so I think you just realize Nick Castellanos is saying they just kind of realize they got to come right back out and they got a counterpunch and he started the punching. Down one, nothing, and that solo home run in the third inning was absolutely enormous, and that got the ball going for the Phillies in Game Three. Of course, um, you know Brandon Marsh and Trey Turner getting on ahead of Bryce Harper, and then Harper hitting the home run, Rio Muto with the two-run double, and the Phillies were off hitting solo home runs after that. Now we've—I don't know how long we've been talking here on this episode of the podcast. We're at least twenty minutes in. It, uh, yeah. 20 minutes in here and we haven't even talked about Aaron Nola yet. Aaron Nola coming into this game had been great in his last four starts including the wild card round. He had an ERA of 1.85. He, he has talked about and we've heard it on the broadcasts, a change in his mechanics. They mentioned on the radio broadcast that the change in the mechanics had to do with where he was looking at the pitch clock. And I forgive me if I'm getting this wrong, but it was he was I'm just what I would I be getting wrong is the specifics of which pitch clock he was looking at. But essentially, I think during the course of the season, as as he would take a glance at the pitch clock, he would look at the pitch clock on on the left side of home plate like so if he's facing the catcher, it would be on his left, the pitchers left, his glove side. And he said instead he started to in his last few starts, look at the pitch clock to his his hand side, his, his his pitching arm side, because he was realizing at he his body would kind of turn a little bit as he would look at the clock over to the left, like he'd have to kind of look across his body a little bit, and that was messing up his mechanics. And he said by looking over, he's had to train himself to do it differently, but by looking at that clock now, um, basically behind the back of a right-handed hitter, it's allowing his body to stay aligned and allowing his command to come through. Isn't that the we, Isn't that so weird? But it, it's one of those things that you, he didn't realize until a few starts ago, and ever since then, his command has been absolutely on point. Um, in this game, five and two thirds innings, six hits allowed, just one walk, nine strikeouts for Aranola. Came out to a huge, rousing standing ovation from the crowd—a much deserved standing ovation, just like last year. Aaron Nola pitching outstanding ball in the wild card round and here in the divisional series against the Atlanta Braves in game three, just like game three last year against the Atlanta Braves in the NLDS at Citizens Bank Park. Um, he is actually the Phillies have won uh, his last five starts and they have won nine out of his last 10. So Aaron Nola, tremendous outing and outing the Phillies really needed and outing the fan base really needed. The last thing that you would have wanted to see in this game is Aaron Nola being outpitched by Bryce Elder or the Phillies getting this big lead and then Aaron Nola going out and giving up a three spot the next inning. But Aaron Nola got those shutdown innings when the Braves did get a little bit of something going. It was just one run and then they were done. I think Rob Thompson went and got Aaron Nola at just the right time. There was a they had a big lead. There was no reason to try and squeeze another out out of Aaron Nola. I think it was Travis Travis Darneau was the last hitter and he struck him out that he faced and then they went and got Matt Strom uh, to try and get the last out of the inning. He ended up giving up a run in that sixth inning, but that was the last run that the Braves would score uh, and uh, the bullpen finished up the job after that without any more damage. And and uh, they now have a full bullpen rested and ready. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez did get into the game here in game three. It looked fantastic, by the way. Ryan Kirkering also looked very good uh, in this game and they even got Michael Lorenzen in an inning in the ninth inning. So. Philly's um, getting some guys, uh, some work here uh, in the latter innings of a, a very easy to watch 10 to 2 win, certainly a a 180 from what we saw, the stress levels of game two and the disappointment of game two. Another party against the Braves in the NLDS at Citizens Bank Park uh, in a game three here on, uh, on, on Wednesday night. Just a, a true joy of a game to watch. Over and over again, at least until we get to Game Four, which will be taking place on Thursday night. Uh, and uh, as we are recording this podcast, you have the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks playing. Uh, the Dod- Diamondbacks are leading the Dodgers four to two in the seventh inning. If the Diamondbacks can hold on and win this game, then that series will be over. The D-backs will have swept the Dodgers, and uh, the Thursday night Game Four, uh, Phillies Braves game, would move to 8:06 instead of the 606 that it's scheduled for as we're speaking. So if the Diamondbacks win, um, it'll be a primetime game between the Phillies and the Braves as the Phillies will look to close things out. Now, is this is going to be a tough game for the Phillies to win. The home field advantage is great and we will see how it affects Atlanta's starter, but Spencer Strider, even in the losing effort in game 1, was outstanding in Atlanta. And he has pitched outstanding at Citizens Bank Park in his career. Again, regular season numbers He has never lost to the Phillies. Now, the Phillies handed him his first L in game one, but he gave up two runs (laughs) in like seven innings. He was awesome. He was still great in that game, and the Phillies really still don't have any answers for Spencer Strider, but they're going to give it another try, and Rob Thompson announced after game three that Ranger Suarez, no surprise, will be his starter in game four. And my guess is he'll have the same kind of rope as last time, although, you know, Ranger was surprised that Rob Thompson took him out of the game because Rob didn't tell him that he was going to take him out early and that he was going to go with a bunch of bullpen matchups. We'll see whether Rob Thompson decides to employ the in a clinching game, decides to employ the same strategy. He obviously felt strongly enough about the importance of that game one, trying to steal that game in Atlanta against Spencer Strider to do that. My guess is he'll have a similar approach here in game four. Now, Ranger Suarez pitched really, really well for when he was out there in game one, but didn't make it through the fourth inning because he got into a little trouble, and Rob Thompson said that was enough. So that'll be an interesting storyline heading into the game on Thursday, into this game four. How much rope will Ranger Suarez have? Will we see a similar outcome? It makes me nervous, the idea of trying to get six, seven relief pitchers or six relief pitchers to do what they did (laughs) in game number one, shutting out the Braves um, again, but the way the Braves are right now they they may not have a whole lot left let's see if they can counterpunch right do they have the same resiliency as the Phillies they didn't last year uh we'll see if they have it this year based on how they reacted after game 3 the the sour face i mean it just they they looked crushed. They looked absolutely crushed. And so we'll see if the if the Citizens Bank Park crowd can can affect Spencer Strider at all. Who doesn't like big crowds, as you've heard. Um, we'll see whether or not the, the the fans can can get to Spencer Strider. I gotta say, folks, chanting "We want Strider." I'm glad we're in our feelings. You know, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad we're feeling good after Game Three. I like the confidence. Um, I will tell you, we don't want Strider. (laughs) I'm glad, you know, I'm sure the Phillies aren't afraid of Spencer Strider. Um, But they can't hit him. Uh, Bryce Harper can hit him, but he's about the only one. Uh, So maybe having seen him just a few days beforehand... Uh, So close together, maybe maybe the Phillies will will fare a little bit better than they did in game one. Maybe getting him at Citizens Bank Park where the Phillies just hit better in general. Um, This is a house of horrors, obviously, for the Braves in the postseason. And, And maybe that will have more of an effect on Spencer Strider than I'm thinking. But this this is a tough game. You don't want to go back to Atlanta. Now, if you do go back to Atlanta for Game 5, you're going to have that Game 2 pitching matchup again that the Philly, it really did work out in the Phillies' favor, Zach Wheeler against Max Freed. You like the Phillies' chances of winning that Game 5 in Atlanta, but you really want to take care of business here in Game 4 like you did last year. And again, because we're following the same script as 2022, my guess is we will see a Game 4 victory. And maybe, maybe this is the game they finally knock Spencer Strider around because other teams have knocked him around before. I mentioned this in in a good fight article I wrote just before the end of the season. After Strider's um, complete dominance of the team, he has an ERA in the regular season of like three point six. It was like thirteenth best in the National League among qualified starters. It's good, but he hasn't been, you know, uh, you know, Greg Maddox out there, Roger Clemens. I'm trying to probably Roger Clemens is a better. Pure tools example, you know, fireballing right-hander as opposed to Maddox a craft. I was just trying to think of a good right-handed pitcher, and that was the first one that leaps in my head. Maybe, maybe game four is the game where they get to Spencer Strider, where they where they put a crooked number up on him. They're due for that. They really are due for that. And I don't know that the Braves offense has a whole lot of fight left in them. I didn't see much fight there in game three. When the Phillies, when when Bryce Harper hit that home run and that crowd went nuts, you just saw. The entire team sag, man. And so I don't know that they have enough left for game four. But Spencer Strider, again, momentum is as good, is only as good as the following day's starting pitcher. And the Atlanta Braves have the advantage um, in the, with the pitching matchup here in game four. But it's not a huge advantage because Ranger Suarez is capable of shutting the Braves down as well. All right. Last thing before we get out of here, the American league championship series is all set guys. It'll be the Astros against the Rangers in an all Texas battle. I saw a note and I I guess it's true that this is the first time two teams from the same state have met in a league championship series. Could it really be possible? But I guess it can be because you know, you've got the two New York teams um, play in different leagues, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh have never played each other in a league championship series. Um, I'm sure that you know there are a number of other states. There's a lot of teams in Texas. There's teams in Florida. We haven't, we just there, but they play in, uh, in, in opposite leagues. So yeah, I guess this is, it's all those teams in California. Um, yeah, that can't be right because there had to have been teams from two national league West teams from California play each other. Uh, like the Dodgers and, and, and Padres or Dodgers and giants had to have played in a championship series. Haven't they? I mean, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's seven straight years in the American league championship series for the Astros. Now Seven. Straight years they've reached the American League Championship Series. That's insane. And yes, the Astros still terrify me. They won 90 games this year and snuck into the playoffs as as the division winner. But like on the last day of the season, they could have very easily missed the playoffs entirely. But if, and this is a big if, we're not putting the cart before the horse, but because these are the two teams in the American League that are left, um, it's worth noting that if they play if the phillies play um in the world series they would have home field advantage over houston because they have the same number of wins 90 wins but took 2 out of 3 from the astros uh, earlier in the season uh they would uh they would not have home field advantage against the texas rangers because remember that opening series of the season, and now that five nothing blown lead <laughs> on opening day, kind of hurts a little bit more, doesn't it? The Rangers would have home field advantage, and that is a place the Phillies have never played well. Uh, they haven't played there a lot, but that is one of their worst records at any ballpark playing in Texas. Um, and so you kind of look at it like the Phillies have never played well in Texas against the Rangers, but. The Astros have this playoff pedigree. They beat them in the World Series last year. Would you want a World Series rematch? It's all fun stuff that we can talk about if and when we get there, but still miles to go. In fact, one more win here in the NLDS and then four more wins in the League Championship Series before you can even begin to think about who you'd rather play in the World Series. I should probably just shut up about that right now. All right, everybody, look, that's your Game 3 recap, a truly memorable National League Division Series Game 3 uh, with another iconic moment, of course, uh, the stare down one year after the bat spike This Phillies team keeps treating us to special moments in the postseason, and here's hoping that there are many more to come. So we'll have another recap for you after Game 4, win or lose, uh, and hopefully we'll be talking about getting ready to take on either the Diamondbacks or the Dodgers, most likely the Diamondbacks, in the National League Championship Series. But uh, got a big task ahead of them in Game 4 against Spencer Strider, against the Braves team that will be looking to save their season. But anyway, keep the Bryce Harper attaboy game in your memory banks, folks. A great game on Wednesday night at Citizens Bank Park as the Phillies take game three, 10 to two. That's going to do it for this edition of Hit and Season. I want to remind you, we're going to have some recaps and, and some other stuff about the, about the playoffs, about these series uh, on the Billy Penn Hit and Season landing page. So again, go to billypenn.com slash and Season, uh, and that's where you'll find all of our articles and all of our podcasts. They're all there as well. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We will talk to you next time right here on hitting season